Welcome back, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and uh, we're going to kind of continue our, our theme here and geeking out with some of these numbers and uh, trying to figure out what happened and trends. And we're really honored uh, this morning on our second segment that uh, Kent Redfield, who is, Kent, I'm not sure of you, you're a professor emeritus, I know. What, what do we call you? Uh, <laughs> just kind of Kent Redfield is good, right? <laughs> yeah, retired professor. There you go. There, let's keep it at that. I, 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 people in, in this world know who you are, so I'll just stop and, and be quiet. Let's, uh, let's spend a couple minutes talking about, um, I think what I want to do is talk a little bit about uh, the money spent and, and what happened with two um, very uh, widely known, uh, initiatives, one on the fair tax slash progressive tax, whatever you're going to call it, and the right. second one was the retention of, of Judge Kilbride. And, uh, man, uh, some money was spent on these races. I think Mary had sent me over the weekend information that you had compiled about the fair tax, progressive tax, um, and what happened with it. And it looks like, what, $62 million was spent on each side uh, on outreach to voters. Yes, that's $20 million more, the $125 million is $20 million than we spent in, 19, uh, in, in 2016 uh, with the race between Pat Quinn and, uh, and Bruce Rauner. So more money than, it, uh, than we spent electing a governor two cycles ago spent on this initiative. So incredible, funded primarily by J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, and Ken Griffin, who is uh, uh, one of the richest men in Illinois. They're both billionaires. And so, uh, you know, but uh, th- there were coalitions on both sides, but the primary funding came from, from billionaires. And, and that's been a feature of money and politics in Illinois since about 2013. It, it's not the whole story, but it is, you know, it's a pretty dramatic change from what existed prior to 2013. It's amazing. I think it's worth reiterating that $125 million was, was spent on this question, which is almost $25 million more than was spent on the gubernatorial race when Rauner and Quinn ran. That is really a lot of money on one question. And, Ken, you know, what we were talking about is like, yeah, I, I, this is a little bit out of your realm, but, but you know, at some point in time, does it matter? Oh, I, I think you can, you know, there's a there's a point at which, you know, if you've gotten eight mailers in the last week yeah. for a candidate, the ninth mailer is not, you're not going to suddenly, you know, smack yourself <laughs> on the forehead right. and say, of course, now I get now it. Now I get I mean, it. Right. <laughs> yeah, so there's a limit to how much money you can spend effectively. There's no question about that. Were you surprised with the result? Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I'm not surprised that it went down. I'm surprised mm. at the margin. Uh and, uh, you know, I knew there was enough money out there to get the message across uh, from the anti-groups. And I think, you know, they had a simpler message. You really can't trust government, and uh, and you need to send them a message, essentially. Uh, and with the backdrop of uh, uh, the part, the trouble the Democratic Party has had with uh, with Mike Madigan and the whole issue of corruption, it, it really was a winning theme. And, and I'm not sure that the pro side had the most effective campaign. So I was surprised by the margin. Me too. Do you, th- uh, you're, you're like me. I mean, I talk to people all the time that, you know, everybody knows, right? You know, when you're doing these things, these consultant guys will tell you, oh, the internals say X, Y, and Z. I was under the impression, at least back in, now I could be totally wrong about this, but back in like, I was, I, I want to say August, September, that, the, the the pro side was was ahead 
I, I don't know if that's true. I, I, no, no I, when, you, when you express it as a general issue, you know, progressive income tax, the rich pay more, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that, that's, it's when you get to specifics. And this was about, you know, the, the specifics, and it was, you know, this is, and it was presented as a tax increase that's only going to get bigger. And, uh, and you know, I, there might have been other ways to present it, but uh, I think that gave the, the anti-group the leverage that it was the specifics of it. Even though rational self-interest would say, if I make less than $250,000, sure. uh, you know, at least I'm guaranteed my taxes aren't going to go up in the next two years. But yeah. Uh, yeah. that just didn't, didn't, you know, it obviously did not fly. And I think what you said is true, is the, the distrust of government and, and just, just I, I, I think sometimes, just talking to your neighbors and your friends away from like people like you and I is the most effective thing. And what I, what I had heard is, and I was a little surprised that I heard this, that people who are not in the political world were were saying, yeah, I know they say that today, but tomorrow it's going to be me. And I, and they, they understood that. I think that message got out there. Yeah. The trust in government in, and particularly in Illinois with all its corruption problems and all of its fiscal problems. I mean, you know, we, Governor Rauner's, essentially wrecked the state's finances with two years without a budget and everything. And, you know, we were just barely starting to figure out a way out. And, you know, frankly, the governor now has a $3 billion hole in a terrible situation. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Not good. Yeah. No, it's not good at all. Um, w- with regard to Judge Kilbride, um, I think there were some similar dynamics there. That was another one. Um, total raised was what? Almost, was it 12, I think, 12? Well, well, about you know, but more like about yeah, almost twelve. Yeah, yeah, t- eleven, yeah. twelve. It's it's not going to be quite that much in the spending because the anti group also spent money down in the in the fifth district, but they they'll spend it. It'll be close to ten. Yeah, and and it was kind of fifty fifty there too, right? I mean, maybe maybe one had a little bit more than the other. The opponents had a little bit more, maybe. Yeah, but not not much. And you know, you had to hit a high bar, which is fifty percent or fifty sixty percent, and and as these things have come very become very political, very contentious, you even have appellate and circuit court judges who will resign, not run for retention, and then run in run in a partisan primary and a general, so they've got an opponent. I mean, you're sitting out there on an island when it's just you're just defending yourself. Right. The big difference was that. You know, Ken Griffin, uh, we've talked about before, came in for 4.5 million. Richard Eulen for 1 million. He's uh, funded a, a conservative group that used to fund a lot of of, of uh, uh, candidates for the legislature. And you had a couple of other what I call dark money groups. So, so that's almost all of their money from a very small group of people. And 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 they needed that because you had about 2.3 million in labor union money and about 2.3 million in essentially trial lawyer money on on the other side. So, you know, it wasn't a fight about judicial fairness. It was you know, it was they were obviously saying let's fire Mike Madigan's judge, but these are all, you know, this is the fight we've been having over the Supreme Court races since 2000, uh, you know, Chamber of Commerce Big business interests versus trial lawyers, unions. It's you know, and it'll be a repeat two years from now when that seats up again. And it's interesting too. Um, so once again, a lot of money being spent, but this is the way we do it now, um, and this is the way we communicate. 
And it's more than TV ads, which we tend to focus on the most, I think, but it's also social media, it's Twitter, it's Facebook ads. I mean, I live in the northwest side of Chicago, and I would be, um, you know, Googling something on the Internet, and I'd get ads for Michelle Darbo, who was a state rep candidate. <laughs> yeah. And I, you just can't escape it anymore. No, no, no. It, it's, you know, the, the social media has actually made it less expensive to yes. go out and have a presence. And in addition to TV, you get, you know, the direct mail allows you to target groups, and they're very good at, you know, you can say things in uh, – uh, if you're sending a mailer and your list is social conservatives, you can say things that you wouldn't say right. on a TV ad. Or the same right. thing with labor unions. You can put real red meat in those uh, in those mailers, and and that has that has an impact. And I, I want to sort of we got about three minutes, but I want to close on this point that we have a number of uh, issues. I think that you pulled these numbers, or Mary pulled these numbers, of, on state rep candidates and. It shows to me that, yes, money is important, but it's not the only factor. I mean, there are some races here. For example, um, Diane Pappas, who's a representative in the western suburbs, uh, was defeated, and she spent $2.6 million, and the Republican who beat her spent $405 million. So, yes, it's better to have— Money is necessary but not sufficient, you know, and, and, you know, people with money always beat people without money, but the most money does not win. And, you know, the Democrats in the suburbs are at a point now where, you know, they've been making gains, but they have, you know, they're getting to the point of probably maxing out. They've been trading downstate seats for suburban seats. This time around, they lost two in the suburbs, and... uh, uh, and two downstate, uh, the Democrats mm-hmm. did. So they actually ended up with a loss. And so, you know, minus my my minus the my billionaire versus your billionaire, Democrats have an advantage. They're, the changes in the economy and the demographics, you know, they've got a lot more money. And when when they didn't have the billionaire money, you know, it was mostly focusing on the governor's race in in, mm-hmm. in 2018. You know, the Democrats picked up a bunch of seats uh, in the suburbs, but in the House and the Senate, but they, you know, they lost them this time around. So it's more than that, you know. It is, right. So the, the moral of the story is, yes, as a, as a state rep or a state Senate candidate, you can still win. You have to raise sufficient money, but it's not right. always a money matter. Oh, yeah. no. Grassroots no, is important. Absolutely not. Your personality, <laughs> how you market yourself, can it can go a long way. Yeah, and, and the headwinds, you know, Democratic exactly. candidates in the suburbs were carrying Mike Madigan, and and that was prob turned out that might have been a bigger handicap than the Republicans carrying Don Trump, Donald Trump. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that, that's a good way of putting it. I know you have a hard stop at uh, nine thirty five, and it's nine thirty four and fifteen seconds. So I finished forty five <laughs> seconds early for you. Oh, that's fine. I'm I'm always happy to. Uh, to talk about this stuff. Yeah, it sounds like it. I know. Everybody's, I know. This is fun. I agree with you. I like it too. Yeah. Kent, thanks so much for taking some time this morning. Take care. Yep. Thank you very much. Kent Renfield uh, talking about uh, some of the money in politics and and where it goes and how it's spent. And does it matter? Who knows? Uh, Don't go away. We're going to switch gears here. Uh, We're going to talk to David Spitansky, who uh, accompanied Bishop Gregory in many of his uh, assignments throughout the country. And uh, he's going to come up here in a couple minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back.